right, let's all stand this morning as we uh, begin our service. Glad you're here today. Shout out your praise. 
just thank you for this day and for all you've done for us. And we thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be here today. We thank you for your presence. God, I pray uh, this morning that we would just lift you up. We pray for Brother Darrell as he comes in a little while and delivers your word. God, speak through him those things you would have us to hear and open our hearts to receive it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Jesus, Jesus, precious Lord, none on the earth, heavens above, that I have found more beautiful. You are my treasure, my great reward. I just want to move your heart, is all I want to do. I just want to stand in Pour my love on you, no matter how much the cost. I freely give it all to you, all to you. Jesus, Jesus, my offering, all my ambition. My hopes, my dreams, and here's my life, Lord, a sacrifice, oh, just to bless you, I just want to move your heart, is all I want to do, I just want to stand in awe, and pour my love on you. Stay or just 
Take your Bible with me, Hebrews chapter 11. We take, have taken a few weeks off as we surrounded the messages around Easter. We're back to Hebrews. We'll start with chapter 11, the sometimes called the chapter of faith, talking about the heroes of faith. And so a long chapter on faith, that's where we'll stay for a while. Title of the message is Your Journey. Your journey of faith. I, you, I chose the word journey because faith is often referred to as a walk. Paul said that we walk by faith, not by sight. So it's often referred to as a walk. When we get down in the chapter to, to Enoch, it says that Enoch walked with God. And so through the chapter, almost every week, we'll have a title, Your, your Journey, Your Walk and then maybe have a subtitle with it. And we'll just look at the first two verses this morning, Hebrews 11, 1 through 2. Your journey, okay? Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, and it's the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. Now, I want to do this one time, this week, and we'll get to, it's going to be a few weeks before we actually get to it, but there's the first two verses in Hebrews 11. I want you to look at the last verse in Hebrews 11. A few weeks, we'll get to it and look at it more in depth, but the very last verse in Hebrews 11, it's a really cool verse. Uh, it's one of those verses that you probably haven't seen a lot, probably didn't pay that much attention to it. Maybe you have read this verse often but didn't catch it, but 
I want to refer to it now that before we go back to the first two uh, verses in the chapter. Hebrews 11, if you read your Bible very much, you'll, you'll remember that it's, it's full of the characters in the Old Testament. Abraham, Moses, Enoch, as we already said, uh, just character after character in the Old Testament. And it will talk about their faith. And, uh, and when we get to the first verse of chapter 12, it will refer to them and, and how they are witnesses. And I want you to look ahead even more in uh, Hebrews 12, 1 about the witnesses and what does that mean. But anyway, talking about those, sometimes we call them the heroes of faith, those Old Testament folks who lived and, and showed such faith or walked their journey. God refers to them, and here he refers to us and mentions us. And God having provided something better for us, that they, who's they? It's the folks he's talked about in Hebrews chapter 11, the Old Testament saints who have gone on before us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Perfect is, com is complete. That they should not be made perfect apart from us. I want you to look on the screen. You probably won't have this in your lap. But this is the same verse out of the NLT. For God had something better in mind for us. So they, the Old Testament saints, Abraham, Moses. So they would not reach perfection without us. I'm just uh, not going to preach on that verse. That'll be in a few weeks to come. But I want you to think about that verse and just look at that over and read it in maybe some different translations that you can get your, get your hands on. What's that mean? I think one real succinct, small, short, long story short way to put it is they're waiting on us. They're waiting on us. That in heaven there's going to be this time where we're all there together and none of us are going to reach perfection or completion until we're all there at the same time. I mentioned this, uh, I think, on Wednesday night. Just I, I asked my Wednesday night small group, I just showed them that verse, and somebody said, that, you know, that's a lot like how we do with, do with, with communion. We ask everybody to take the bread and the juice, and, and uh, ex exactly the way Paul talked to the church in Corinthians, just everybody wait and we'll take it all at the same time. So I don't know exactly, of course I don't. I don't know everything that's going on in heaven right now, and I don't know what's going on with everyone who's there, but they have to wait on us. There's something they are waiting on, and that's us. And the completion can't happen till we're all there at the same time time and I'll probably mention this again I'll, I'll probably mention this during our invitation during our during our prayer time but the truth is the way odds go I'm going to die before most of you will so when I get to heaven what's one of the things going to be going on I'm waiting on you okay that's a really cool verse let's go back to uh, verse one the best definition in one verse that I can think of, of what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not 
seen. Part of faith is hope. I'm going to go through this. Part of faith is hope. That's the first part. For faith is a substance of things hoped for. So included in faith is this issue of hope. Uh, part of faith is hope. And hope is based, hope is not, we're going to go ahead and put it on the screen, Romans chapter 4, 5, verse 4. Hope, biblical hope, is not often the way we use hope. I'm I, I, I just ask you something you something you're hoping for. Most of the time, when we use the word hope, we're, we use it in the in a way we would we could substitute the word wish. I wish this would ha- happen. I hope it does. I wish it would. Okay, that's not biblical hope. All right, hope is not a wish in Scripture. I know that no matter what I say, no matter how I present it, it's not going to change the way we use the word hope. I'm not trying to. But I am trying to get you to, when you read the word hope in Scripture, I want you to know that often it doesn't mean exactly the way you're thinking that it does because of the culture we live in. We are we're bound up in, I wish this would happen. I hope it does. That's not faith. Faith is not hoping like wishing. Faith is hoping. Biblical hope is based on what God has done. So there's a, a, a part of hope, I'm sorry, part of faith that is hope that's based on, in a sense, the past. Now, we're, we often think of, well, well, faith is stepping out on what you don't know and what you can't see. I get that, and that's coming next. But there's an included in it this issue of hope, which is based on the past. And Paul goes through a list. And patient experience and experience hope. Patience works, uh, comes through experience, and experience leads to hope. Experience leads to hope. It's not wishing. So it's based on what God has done. What have you seen God do? That's it. What have you seen God do? You believe in him. You trust him. It's like this. I've seen God do it before. I know God can do it. Why? Because I've seen him do it. I've heard him do it. I've felt him do it. So that, in, what? that helps increase our faith. By Faith is the substance of things hoped for. God's done it before. God's been with me through it, and so that builds, that hope builds faith. Now, in my generation, probably every pastor, every preacher I ever had uh, used the illustration of faith as a chair. This is a chair that I sit sit on, on the front row here. This is my chair, okay? Nobody's allowed to sit in this chair. This is is my chair. Every pastor I've ever had probably used use the illustration that faith is for me to sit in that chair. I believe that if I sit in that chair, uh, that chair is going to hold me up. That's faith. But it's not. It's similar to it. It's a part of it. That's hope. Why? Because I've sat in that chair before. Okay? That's hope. What God has done before. So it's not, it may be a part of faith, but it's not, the, the, the whole part of faith. It's hope. I hope that chair will, sit, will hold me up. Say, well, that's, that's a wish. That's the way we use it. 
But the way the Bible uses it, I hope that chair will hold me up because it's done it before. I had a, a great illustration. Is Brooklyn in here? Maybe not. Maybe There she is. Brooklyn, Brooklyn's, Brooklyn's learning to drive. Hallelujah. So you got a preteen learning to drive. Okay, different adults are taking their turn teaching her to drive. I took my turn. Now, I've been in a car a thousand times. I've started the car. It always starts up. I've ridden in that car a, car a thousand times. So for me to get in that car and to believe it's going to work right, that's what? Hope. Because I've done it before. But Brooklyn behind the wheel and me in the passenger seat, that's what? Faith. <laughs> Faith. That's not hope because I've never done it before. I trust the car, but an oldest granddaughter, that's faith. We could just rise and be dismissed right now, and you get the issue. Okay, that's hope. This, and I'm sorry, there is an outline of this message on the backside of your announcements. Biblical hope is based on what God has done, what you have seen him do. Okay? That's not too hard, and I think you, I think you get that. But b biblical hope is based on what God's done, what you've seen him do. That's a part of faith that will help you in faith. Because faith is about stepping out where you don't see, and uh, but you've seen him do it, so you can begin and learn to trust him. Okay, that's hope. Let's move on. So faith is the substance of things hoped for. Covered that. It's the evidence of things not seen. Now, this is tougher. Hope is the easy part of faith because we've seen it. Now, in your journey, okay, in your journey, you've seen God take you along. You look back on the path. You've seen what he's done. That's, that's great. You ought to do that. You need to do that. But now, the journey, this is where it's tougher. All of us know this. It's tougher now because the Lord's leading me on in the path that I've never taken before. Now we're dealing with faith, the second half of faith. Now he's taking me on where I've never seen. What it, uh, part of faith is what you have not seen God do yet. And this is where we're going to push and teach and preach and pull, and all of us are going to be confronted with the issue of faith and stepping out, doing things, being things, being someone who I've never done that before, but I believe God's asking me to do it. So part of faith is what you've not seen God. Now I'm going to ask you some questions. And I'm, while we put, these, put the first question on the screen, I want to hearken back to, I should have said this then, that verse, that last verse of chapter 11 that we looked at that, that the Old Testament saints and, and anyone who's in Christ who's gone on before us is waiting on us. What I should have said, and I'm going to say right now, that's God's goal for you. That's where he wants you to be. That, that place and that time when all of God's saints, everyone who's in Christ, is in heaven there at the same time the end of time has come and eternity starts for us and we're all there at the same time that's God's goal that's why the Old Testament says precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints you know how can that be precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints because God knows that, th that there's coming this day where all of us are there together at the same time 
That's his goal. I want you to, to remember that. Okay, some, there's a couple of questions. I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but I do want you to think about When you're talking about your journey, your walk, what is your purpose? Why did God make you? Now, let's leave that screen there. There's going to be two screens, and you can see them on your, on your outline if you, if you have that. I'm going to ask you a couple, couple questions like this. A lot of people are going to look at these questions and say, you know what, I'm not sure. And I'm right there with you. But what I do want, I, it's, it's not, I don't want anybody to feel bad if, if they say, you know, I'm, I'm just not sure yet. That's, a, that's okay. That's fine because that's actually where most of us are. I, I'm just not sure yet. But what I do want you to do is start the journey of trying to find out, though. What is my purpose? God, why did you make me? No one's made by accident. If you read Psalm 139, none of us are here by accident. We're not made by accident. There's a reason, a purpose. What is yours? God, what did you make me for? Why did you make me? I, I know a lot about, I think, why God made me, but there's still a lot that I don't know. Okay? So I'm working on that. And I want you to work on that, too, for you. Okay, next question. What is your goal? Where are you going? What's your goal? A lot of us in our cultures, we set up goals like, uh, you know, I just, I just want to graduate school. I want to, hey, I did too. I, ju I just want to graduate. I just want to get past that. Then it might, it might be, I just want to find a, a spouse. It doesn't have to be, but it might be just, we set up goals. And then I, if I could just see, uh, you know, my first child born, or if I could just see my grandchild born, or great, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with those goals. But is that your ultimate goal? What is your goal? You're on a journey, a walk with the Lord. Where are you going? Why did God make you? Why, why are you here? What's your goal? Where are you going? Where, are, where is it taking you? And I would say with you, I, I kind of know, I do know that ultimately there's this big goal that God's got for me. I want you in heaven with me. I want you in that crowd with, with me. There are people waiting on you. There are people waiting on you. And that's where God's goal for you, there's this heavenly goal. You see, I, I know that we're tempted sometimes to set goals that are much smaller than that. You know, what this thinking did, does for me, did for me this last week, is it helps to get rid of some of my pettiness. Because a lot of the things that I am so concerned about and the goals that I think are so important really aren't that important at all. But there's this, there's this overarching heavenly goal that, that, that Jesus is waiting on me. Saints are waiting on me. And that's my goal. But there are other goals along the way. What is your goal? Where are you going? Does life have any purpose for you? Are you, are you trying to get something done somewhere that you're supposed to be? Something that you're supposed to do?
kind of heavy, heavy questions, but I, I'm afraid, I'm afraid there's a lot of Christians just kind of going through life never really doing anything, all right? Okay, I'm going to move on, and uh, the journey, let's end with this, the journey to do what Jesus made you for and where he wants you to be requires faith because faith is a journey. Sometimes along the journey, we stop because it's, it's kind of scary stepping out. I want to I end and close this, this part with an analogy, and we're going to, I don't know, Matt, exactly what the next screen looks like, but on your outline, it's called the 40 years of wandering around. I'm going to use the analogy of the children of Israel in the wilderness, and maybe you remember I used this a couple weeks ago, I think, but here's what I want to end with this. So the children of Israel are wandering around in the wilderness because with Moses, they had gotten up to the banks of the Jordan. As I say, the Jordan's this area where our altars are. They'd gotten up to the banks of the Jordan, and they'd sent out the 12 spies. You remember that story? And the 10 spies came back and said, we can't do it, we can't do it. Two spies came back and said, we can, but the 10 spies won. And they're right at the banks of the Jordan, right where God has told them to be, where God has led them on their journey. And they get to this scary crossing of the Jordan. One thing, it's hard to cross the Jordan. And the other thing, there's giants and and all kinds of enemies on the other side of the Jordan waiting them. And 10 said, we just can't do it. I'm just, we're not going to do it. And so they get right up to the Jordan to cross over. It takes faith, and they say no. Over on the other side is where God wants them to be. But to do that, they, they must have faith that God's going to take care, but they won't do it. And so they wander around in the wilderness for 40 years until those generations died. And then Joshua finally is the one who's able to bring them up to the Jordan again. And they do cross over, and that's how that story goes. But they're in the wilderness for 40 years, and this is life without faith. Just killing time, filling time, no point. Life without faith. Wandering around for, for 40 years. The illustration I used a couple weeks ago is that if you look at a map of their wandering, the area that they wandered around in is not that large. And so they, had, they basically made a circle again and again and again, going around the same route over and over again. And it's that thought, haven't I seen this mountain somewhere before? Haven't I seen, didn't we camp there, you know, last year? But as I was thinking about it, here's what I thought. What if, what if you were in that group? You were in that group. I didn't think about you. I thought about me. And I know me. What if I was in that group? Wandering around for 40 years, same route, over and over, going nowhere. Moses blows the bugle, the trumpet, the ram's horn. Time to get up. 
Time to get up. Time to pack up and move. Time, time to go. I don't know about you. Every once in a while, I'm just the kind of guy, I just want to stand up and say, why? <laughs> why? Where are we going? Well, nowhere. Then why are we getting up? Why are we packing up? Why are we doing anything? Because we're not going anywhere. Well, we've got to go around the mountain again. Why? Why not just stay here? Or why not just stay there? Or why not just stay over there? Why do anything? Do you see? That, that's me. Now, you've got to be careful. The Bible tells us when you talk to Moses, you better be careful. But I'm just, I, I, just, I would probably kind of whisper it to my wife. Why are we packing up again? Well, Moses said to. Why? We're not going anywhere. All we're doing is killing time. We've got to fill time. That's all they had to do. There had to be the, this 40-year clock. All we got all the only point in life is to fill the 40-year clock. I don't know about you. I can't stand that. I cannot stand that. In fact, if I can't talk to Moses the way I want to talk to Moses about it, I just want to grab my wife and kids and leave. I, I, I just can't do this. And I'll swim the Jordan myself. But I just can't do this. Over and over, the same mountain, the same rock, for no point, no purpose at all. That's life without faith. That's life when you get up to the Jordan and you won't cross. When God gives the opportunity and lays it right in front of you and you still won't do it. Time after time, the opportunity is there. The chance is there. The uh, ministry is there. Just, just God trying to get you. God trying to lead you. There's a journey that you're on. And in the journey, there are rivers to cross, I promise you. There are rivers to cross, and you'll come up to them. The only way I'm going to cross that, Lord, is if you do it for me, if you do it with me. And God's saying, yep, that's right. You're exactly right. Let's go. Let's go. He said, ah, ah, if you back off, if you back up, then you're like the children in the wilderness. The only thing you're doing now is killing time. The journey has stopped for you. Some people, their goal in life is to see how long they can breathe. You ever thought about that? Their only goal in life is to see how long you can breathe. I just want to see how long I can live. Or you can really live. You can really live. And that is a life of faith and adventure and risk and life, but without it, it's just uh, just trying just trying to kill time. Life of faith, though, once they got through killing time, they came up to the Jordan again. Life of faith is now it's a direction, it's a goal, it's doing things that really m matter, really make a difference. So, 
Joshua gets up, and it's not the leader. It's just the people would not do it. But Joshua has his chance now. He gets up to the Jordan, and he turns around to the, he said, we're not making the same mistake twice. We're going. Joshua said, I'm going. Who's going with me? And they said, yeah, we're not doing that again. And so they're at the banks of the Jordan. The priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, they come up to the Jordan. Now something's got to happen right now. And they don't know what it's going to be. But that Jordan has got, something's got, they cannot just wade across it. The priests are carrying the Ark. The minute they put their foot in the water, the Jordan dries up. Now, one thing about it, um, it's not, uh, I'm trying to think of, I don't, know if, I don't know if you, how many of you go to the Bay Ditch. If you do go to the Bay Ditch a lot, there's probably something wrong with you. But how, how many of you go to the Bay Ditch, and there are some places on the Bay Ditch that you cannot just stick your toe in the water, right? Why? Because that bank is so steep, once you start down, you're in it. You're in it. And that's the Jordan. They don't get to just go up and stick their toe in the water. And they're carrying the Ark of the Covenant. What I'm saying is, once you step off, you're in it. <laughs> the men, I, I never, I'll never forget this, and you won't either. The men, uh, we t had a men's outing. Um, uh, we, we say at the time... The men of the church had us outing, and we said it was, instead of life-changing, it was life-threatening, and that's true. So we're at the, we're on the, uh, a river, where did we go? Spring, Spring River, right. <laughs> you, you were there. Uh, we're on the, we're on the Spring River, I'm fishing, and I want to go over here and fish, and I want to step in. And it's like that. You can't just put your toe. Once I'm in, I'm in. And I stepped in. And there's all this swirling around my hip boots. And I stepped into a nest of snakes. You won't forget that either. And I will never forget that. So anyway, it doesn't take very long to jump out of the Spring River if, you're, uh, if you want to. But here, but here they are. And it reminded me of that. Once the priest is in, he's in. The water splits. The Jordan dries up. The Israelites go across on dry ground. Now, once they get over the Jordan, now Joshua begins to assign tasks to different groups, to different tribes. Judah, you go over there and take that land. Benjamin, you go over there and take that land. And on and on and on. Each tribe had a, a, a task to do, a job to do, something for them to do. Life of faith, it's a direction, a goal, doing things that make a difference now. That's a life of faith. You do this, you do that. There's something to do, there's a goal. It doesn't matter how long it takes. See, it doesn't have anything to do with time. It's a goal now. It's a, a job now. God's got something for us to do. How long do I do it? For the rest of your life. How, however long it takes. It doesn't matter about time. See, the older generation that would not step out in faith, all they cared about was time. But now the generation of faith, all they care about is doing what God's asked me to do. That's all I want to do. That's all I care about. 
is doing what God asked me to do. Now, this is about, not about them though, it's about you. What are you doing? How are you spending your time? How are you spending your day? What are you doing? What's your goal? I hope everyone in here says, you know, I, I kind of, but I need to work on that. I do, I do too. I do too. I don't, I don't know the answers to all those. But I'm working on it. God, what do you want me to do? I don't care how long it takes. I just want to know what you want me to do. And, and I don't have to know how you, because he didn't tell them how to cross the Jordan. He just said, you just put your foot in the water. I'll take care of the rest. Put your foot in the water. I'll take care of the rest. Life of faith is a direction, a goal, doing things that really matter. I'm going to ask the musicians to come up, and we're going to get ready to pray this morning. And I do want to come back to a thought as they get ready. I ask the congregation to stand, please. I want to take you back to that Hebrews chapter 11, verse 40. There are people in heaven waiting on me. There are people in heaven waiting on me, waiting on me to get there. There are people in heaven waiting on you. And I want, that, I want this prayer time to be more about that. There are people in heaven waiting on you. And I really do believe this, that I'm going to die before most of you do. And I'm waiting on you. I want to tell you this from your pastor's heart. This is what, this is what keeps me up at night is that there would be someone in our church that doesn't make it, that won't be there. Now, when I get there and I'm waiting on you, there's not going to be the sorrow. God's going to take care of that. But that's not the case right now, though. I'm not going to be concerned about it then, but I'm very concerned about it now. That somebody in our church, somebody that I, that I talk to every week, wouldn't make it, won't be there. That really bothers me. That keeps me up. That keeps me praying. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I beg you to. I want you to. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I invite you to. I think I used this last week, but I only want those to come who want to. That's what I want. That's what I want. I want Jesus as my Savior. That's what I want. Then I want you to come very much. I want you to come. And if you can imagine how much I want you to come. Can you imagine how much Jesus wants you to come? He's the one that gave his life for you. It wasn't me. I just love you, but he, he loves you that much. 
that he will lay down his life for his friend, and that's you. Jesus loves you, and Jesus wants you. If you've never received Jesus as your Savior, I want you to come, and he really wants you to come. He's waiting on you. Now, I've done that. I've been a Christian a long time. But I'm very concerned about people who aren't. And I hope that you are too. And now there may be those in the congregation more like me. You have received Jesus as your Savior. Now what are we doing? We're trying to reach those who haven't. And we're very concerned about that. And it bothers us. And we really, why? Because we care. Because we really care. And we're concerned about those that we love and those we know and we're trying to reach because we care. We really care. And you may want to come this morning and somebody's heavy on your heart. There are people very heavy on my heart and I need to pray and keep praying. And How long do we pray for the rest of our life? We pray and we keep praying. And we, then we pray and we keep for the rest of our life. We don't worry about time. We just do what God's asked us to do. By the fact that there's somebody on your heart, that means that's the person the Holy Spirit wants you to pray for. As I've used this before, I, I would guess that there's, whoever's on my heart, there's probably no one else in the congregation who's praying for them except me. And somebody you're burdened about, there's probably nobody else in the congregation praying for them except you. God's laid them on your heart because he wants you to pray. He wants you to do. He wants you to work. He wants you to reach. He wants you on this journey of faith trying to reach them. If you're here this morning, have never received Jesus as your Savior, I really want you to come. If you're here this morning, you're concerned about someone else because you care, then I really want you to come and pray. It's God's people praying for people because we care, because we love. If you want to come for any reason at all, while they play and sing, these altars are here, and we invite you to come and pray.
Jesus. 